0: Hey John, thank you so much for taking the time to come here to share about your life with us in our podcast. This podcast series leverages the beauty and richness of culture, diversity and highlights the many stories that make up Western Sydney. We want to break through the stereotypes of what it means to be Australian and celebrate the strengths and uniqueness of our vibrant, thriving community.
1: is same same different this is us in sydney
0: share your journey tell your story speak your mind find your voice i'm mahmoud and today i'll be the interviewer Actually, let's not call it just interview, let's call it just a
1: conversation between two buddies. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share whatever I have to share and hopefully it brings you value and your audience some good content.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you
1: so much, man. Thank you. Of course. So
0: let's go through your uh, childhood days. Like where were you born? Like where were
1: you raised? In which area? My background is Vietnamese, mm-hmm. but my parents came here as refugees. I was born in Australia and raised as an Australian, basically. Okay. <laughs> I sometimes compare myself like a banana, like I'm yellow on the outside, <laughs> but on the inside I'm actually white, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was born in Australia and, and to be honest, I didn't experience much racism or prejudice growing up. Uh-huh. I very blessed to have gone through what I've gone through. I didn't really feel left out in terms of my schooling life. I mean, I was a bit different, but I think that difference really helped me to be different and stand out from my colleagues. And just to give a bit of context, I went to primary school and I was one of four Asian kids in my school. Okay, The other one was my sister. (laughs) And, yeah, there was uh, you know two other Asian kids, so I was different, but yeah, I felt pretty the same with everyone else. like mm-hmm. we were just kids playing around. There was no luckily for me, I didn't experience much racism
0: okay, by saying different, do you just mean coming
1: from a different background? Yes, coming from just looking different mm-hmm. and being raised in a different environment, you treat people differently, yeah, uh, yeah. just for example, like in the Vietnamese or Asian community you Mm -hmm. really respect your elders yeah and you know you talk to them in a manner that's very polite exactly you would never joke around or (laughs) poke fun of them in any way so then that stark contrast when i saw my caucasian or other fellow australians they interact with the teachers and they make jokes or poke fun that was something totally different for me and totally new and it was just interesting to see the difference in both worlds of the vietnamese but also the australian culture
0: Yeah, yeah. When I was new here in Australia, I went to TAFE for just one term. Our teacher's name was, I think, George or something. And the students were just calling him by his name. Hey, George, can I go just go out? That was so like a weird experience for me to call your teacher by their names. You know, I would never call my teacher by their name. I would just call like Sir or anything, but never by their names. So as you say, different, as you get erased, so it affects you, you know, and that's fine. So your parents coming from a refugee background, did it ever impact you as growing in the society
1: here? My parents did a very good job raising me. Mm -hmm. I think they really wanted to protect me and my sisters from struggles and the struggles that they went through. Growing up in Australia, they rarely talked about their refugee experience. I think because there was a lot of trauma involved during that time. Only recently now I've started asking my mother about her experience Mm -hmm. coming from Vietnam and the war going on over there and and the communists coming in and leading her to also having to go on a boat and go to a camp and then eventually ending up in Australia. Having the Asian culture or Vietnamese culture for my family and for the people that I know in the Vietnamese community Emotions and talking about shared experiences is a very difficult topic. Mm -hmm. It was never taught and it was never a common practice in their community and culture. So they tend to suppress their emotions. My mum and my dad, they tend not to share the stories that would would show their struggles. Mm -hmm. So growing up as a child, I was pretty oblivious to a lot of the struggles that they went through. My dad would work really hard He's an accountant and he works throughout the whole day. Mm-hmm. And I'd rarely get to see him. And my mom would be the person at home cooking and cleaning. And they filtered a lot of the content that they would tell us. And they put on a smile yeah. and just tried to give us the best opportunity that they didn't have for their children. In my case, as I told you
0: that I come from a refugee background myself too. And I can relate to your uh, parents' struggles and everything that they went through to come to Australia as you said, going by boat. Before coming to Australia, I was in Indonesia. To go to Indonesia, we had to go by boat from Malaysia to Indonesia. And that was like a few hours of uh, travel by boat. And that was so scary and everything. Coming to Australia, it was a really tough journey. I was in a closed camp, like a refugee closed camp for almost a year. And I can relate to it. I can just imagine how difficult it would have been for your parents. So I I always talk about it. And even one day when I will have my own kids, I will always tell them so they know that it's so difficult to be living in this type of country. Don't take it as a granted, you know. Always appreciate whatever you have. Don't think like everybody has it because a lot of people don't have these opportunities. Because Australia is a country that gives you a lot of opportunities to grow and become a successful person and also the most important thing is to live a safe life i would always share my stories with my kids or whoever so they realize that it's not so easy to have this uh, life and always appreciate it
1: Yeah. yeah no i agree all we have is stories, and that's the best way to learn. Yeah, exactly. Even in our Aboriginal community, it's storytelling, they've been passing down for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. And that's the best way for people to remember life lessons through mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From any story,
0: anyone could uh, learn something positive out of it, you know? So if anyone can be motivated or learn something, so why not do it? Yeah. Sharing stories is the best thing. Mm-hmm. So, John in your application you have mentioned about slow or simple so could you just explain about it furthermore
1: yes i'd love to i use slow and simple to describe myself growing up and in fact i'm actually still very slow as a slow learner is what i meant and (laughs) simple in the fact that a lot of big things go over my head but i enjoy just human connection and empathy that sort of thing when i was a child and still to this day when i was a child I was put in the special education class mm-hmm. in primary school and they called it the, the special ed class uh, for slow learners and for people who were not keeping up with their other colleagues. All right. In fact, I was, I was so slow that I didn't even know I was in the special education class until a few years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in saying that, My mother was quite concerned about my development and in terms of how much I'm containing and retaining information. So she tried to accelerate that by putting me into tutoring classes to try to catch me up with my colleagues. And she didn't tell me that day, but eventually she told me that the tutor actually told her that John's going to be a bit of a slow learner. Don't expect much for him in the future. Uh, So that's why I described myself as a slow learner. I really had difficulty reading. And there's a funny story, actually. In primary school, we had a reading list of things to write down issued by our librarian. And we had to write down books that we read. And I defined myself as a slow learner because I'd write down one book and repeated it every time. And it was a picture book. It had one sentence on one page followed by pictures. (laughs) The book was called Chicken Licken. Right, it, It's a book for like kindergarten kids, yeah. basically really young kids. But I was reading it at year six and I've always had difficulty reading and retaining information. Mm-hmm. But the amazing thing is with podcasts like this form, audio content, in the last six months, I've really increased my consumption of podcasts. Oh. And it's just another format of reading. So audiobooks or podcasts, exactly. you digest information through listening. And mm-hmm. that has changed my life like dramatically, like I'm learning so much just through voice. And Mm -hmm. that's why I enjoy podcast platform because there might be someone out there that thinks that they're slow or that people are defining them as slow and that they won't do very well in life, but it's not true. You just need to find your right medium and audio might be one of that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And as you say, it might be a barrier to be a slow learner, but it doesn't stop you from anything like even myself. If I compare myself to some of my friends, I'm a bit slower than them in learning things, but I'm doing better things than them, you know? And I just have to work a bit harder. If they learn something in one hour, I have to work just two hours on it. But I do it, I work harder on it, and the result is better than their result. So it doesn't stop you from anything. So, but you just have to work a bit harder, you know? Myself also being a bit slow learner, it doesn't stop me from anything. Just a bit hard to have to work on it. Yes. So saying off the podcast. So do you have any favorite podcast like that you listen to
1: and uh, that you're a fan of it? Oh yes, yes, definitely. There's this podcast called The School of Greatness uh-huh. by Lewis House. Wow. And yeah, it's just a really amazing podcast. He interviews interesting people and it's about like self-development. And sometimes there's business people who comes in to give insight about business and yeah, just general well-being, happiness, and peace. And he interviews a variety of people and you get lots of wisdom. And it is really like listening to interesting and good people. Mm-hmm. And you just consume that content and you just get a lot of pearls of wisdom. And it's like reading a good book when you listen to his podcast. Yeah, yeah. You get like thirty years of knowledge and information condensed into an hour and you learn so much and it's like living another life almost that's really
0: awesome and before that we had a short conversation so you said you own your own uh, podcast so how did you start it like where did you get the inspiration from so that you want to yes yeah, start the podcast and how did you go through the journey was it so difficult
1: or just started it and how is it going now oh, thank you for asking I I started my podcast because I saw the value of podcasts. And I think a lot of people have difficulty sometimes digesting written format. And for me, I've stopped myself from doing a lot of things in life, some interests that I want to pursue, but I put it on the back burner because I didn't want to stand out from my family or my friends. And so I I started listening to other people's podcasts. And this really opened up my world of possibilities. And what I can do and what I can achieve in my lifetime so as I said when you listen to other people's stories Mm -hmm. you can almost imagine yourself doing whatever you want right there's a saying they say you can do anything but you can't do everything right exactly yeah so I I had to focus my time and see what I wanted to do yeah and I just sat down and reflected a little bit and thought what do I want to achieve in my life Mm -hmm. and I think One of my strengths is connecting with people and talking. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to have a bigger megaphone to reach people. And I saw podcast as an avenue towards that.
0: Exactly. And uh, whatever message that you want to give to people, it's the best way to have a larger audience and that you can say whatever you want to say. So John, can you say that why you don't want to stand out in your family, as you mentioned?
1: So in Australia, there is a well-known saying it's called the tall poppy syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. Can you explain about it? Yeah, So a poppy is a plant or flower and the tall poppy syndrome is basically poppies grow to a certain level. And sometimes there will be a tall poppy that stands out. Right. And the metaphor is that in life you want to fit in, right? You want to be accepted by your family and your friends. Sometimes when you have an inspiration or a desire to do something that's a bit different to what people expect of you Mm -hmm. You get a lot of judgment from that even from your close friends or even your family They may not fully understand where you're coming from and they may just make small remarks or comments like why are you doing that? That's a waste of time. You're embarrassing yourself things like that would just Bring you down a few levels right and push you into a box just to fit in Mm -hmm. right and For me, I really don't want to get to the end of my life and look back in regret and say that I didn't do the things that I really wanted to do. There was actually an interesting Australian study done by a nurse who was working in palliative care, which is a ward where people are at the end of their life. Mm -hmm. And she asked really interesting questions to these people about what are your biggest life regrets. And one of the biggest life regrets identified by this group of people was not living the life that they wanted to live. Yeah. Right? And they don't do the things they want because they're scared of people's judgment. Right. And uh, there's an, another thing. They say that when you're 24 years old, you don't want to do things because you think everyone's watching. When you get to 40 years old, you realize that you know, no one really cares. And when you get to 60 year old, you, you just don't give any care because you know, no one's really watching and judging you.
0: It's so interesting that everyone is born as an artist, but as we grow up, we lose that art that we have, we lose that talent that we have in ourselves. Like going to five years or six years ago, I was so passionate about so many things. I was passionate about soccer. I was passionate about playing music, guitar. Now I do some rap songs, but I'm not anymore interested in soccer, but guitar. And I used to draw also, but as we grow up, you start to lose those passions and talents that we have in ourselves every kid is an artist if you think it you know everyone has an art in them but as we grow up the struggles the life that puts you in true struggles you start to lose those things you know and uh, that's a sad
1: point yeah sometimes the community and the closest people around you they have the best intentions yeah for you to do well mm-hmm. But then they sometimes smother that inspiration and that desire and that, that artist inside of you. You yes, know, as a exactly, child, exactly. every child has that, you know, fire. But yeah. then as you grow up, you know, expectations of you and from society, from your family, that kind of builds on top and it hides that passion. <sighs> mm-hmm. And it's sad but it's a reality but hopefully through these podcasts through your amazing podcast here people can be motivated to express themselves a bit more
0: yeah yeah and live the
1: life that they want yes and do the things that they're passionate
0: about yes and not caring about other people's opinions because no matter if you do good or bad there will be talks you know behind you like doesn't matter if you do good or bad so not caring about it is the best thing and do your own thing that's right so podcast is just a passion thing for you, right? Like a side uh, extracurricular activity,
1: right? So what's your real job and real career? Yeah, so I work as a nurse full-time mm-hmm. and I work in mental health. Okay. Yes. And yes, podcast is it's something I'm doing on the side just to have some creative relief. Yeah. Yeah, and, and sharing my stories with Other nurses or colleagues and things that I've learned along the way.
0: That's really cool. So why did you choose this field to go into becoming a nurse in mental health? Did it just happen that you went to this field or you always had this
1: desire to go into this career? Yeah, so I consider myself pretty lucky. Things just happen and it falls into place. But after I finished high school, year 12, I put the application down and I put in to go into nursing. And I just happened to have fallen into a career that I actually really love. The most beautiful thing about my job is that I can have connection with people. Even in the toughest of times, I might be able to say something or do something that can change the trajectory of their life. I feel quite privileged Mm -hmm. to have that unique situation. And I'm honored because my personality allows me to do
0: That's so awesome. And when you see your personality or the conversation that you have with someone influences them in a positive way, that really gives you a relief and makes you also happy when you see that someone is growing by your talks and by your personality, you know, gaining something positive out of you. It's really unique talent to have. And you should be really proud of it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) John, you seem to be like a very calm and relaxed person. Also, you seem to be a spiritual person. How does this help you in working as a nurse in the mental health department?
1: Yes, that's a fantastic question. I think just to give a bit of context, I'll backtrack a little bit. My parents, when I grew up, they're amazing people, but when they... Started living their life, they kind of grew apart a little bit. So there was some conflict within the family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing led to another and they had a divorce. My two sisters and myself we were going through these turbulent times. And I adopted the role as the peacekeeper in the family. Okay. Yeah. So that role just came about. I don't know exactly how. But when things get bad and there are arguments, and people are sad and distressed, I would comfort and do the best to distract myself or my, my sisters and my mom and dad. I mean, I was only really young at the time, so I didn't have the skills that I have now. But that was a role that I think I stayed calm in stressful situations, and I tried to make people feel more comfortable in distressing times. And now that you mentioned that, I think there's a pretty interesting correlation with that with work, because... In my line of work, I, I see a lot of distress. People get quite angry or irritable or sad, and there are just really high emotions running in the room. And me as the peacekeeper role from my parents, I'm able to come into the room and you know, see it and try to calm the person down, identify what their issues are and their triggers and what they want, mm-hmm. and then work with the client to bring down their energy levels to a point where their brain and their function where they can express how they're feeling. Because when someone is distressed, the prefrontal cortex, which is the executive thinking of the brain, that part switches down and you kind of revert back to your reptilian brain, meaning you revert back to anger or frustration and your thinking is limited. So with the skill of bringing someone back down and calming them down, they can start engaging in more of a constructive conversation. In terms of spirituality, my parents were Christian. Myself, I'm not too religious, but I do practice meditation myself. So I practice deep breathing, centering myself, and to be calm, it will resonate with my clients. So? By being labelled as slow or
0: simple, did you face any challenges in your job or while you were
1: studying? Yeah, so just to clarify, these labels weren't directly given to me by people explicitly, Mm -hmm. only until afterwards they kind of tell me that, you know, we thought you were a bit of a slow learner. Actually, when I say that I'm a slow learner and that I'm a bit simple, it's just to give the audience a bit of context I actually don't categorize myself as a slow learner and simple because yes, I am slow in some regards, but I have strengths in other regards yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, right? exactly. I may not be good at paperwork and being organized enough to do the minute details mm-hmm. of an organization or constructing a podcast and editing, but I'm good with engaging with people. So. Yes, I am slow in some regards, but I don't see it that way. I don't mm-hmm. categorize myself as slow. I don't internalize those thoughts. And I think that is something that has been good for me because I don't really care what people have labeled me as. Mm-hmm. I didn't really identify as being in this special education class. I didn't really care that the tutor called me slow and that I wouldn't really progress. These things kind of rolled off me like water from a duck right i didn't run with those thoughts and kind of lived with those limiting beliefs that i'm slow i can't do things or rather i changed the can't to a can and yeah, you know yeah. i can do a lot of things there are some things that i struggle with and i don't need to do those things i could either outsource it get someone who's an expert in those areas mm-hmm. and then they can do that because that's their expertise i'm good at what i'm good at yeah exactly. and if i knuckle down and do what i'm good at it's going to open doors for me yeah as well
0: it's really uh good way of thinking that if you have the attitude of I can instead of I can't. If you focus on the things that you can't, you will be stuck there. It's okay if I do, I cannot do this thing, but I can do lots of other things. And if you have that kind of attitude, you will discover a lot of talents in yourself that other people don't have. And uh, just got to have the positive attitude and have the attitude of yes, I can And probably by some hard work, you will be able to do the things that you can't also. Just having the right attitude is the best thing and helps you a lot through the life. Thank you. Yes, yes. It's very good points that you mentioned, yeah. Let's talk about your friendship with people. What does it mean for you to be
1: a good friend with someone? And what does a good friend mean to you? I feel that there's a common theme with my closest friends, Mm -hmm. and that is a genuine desire and interest in people. Two of my closest friends, and I still call them best friends. Some people make fun of me. They're like, best friends? Are you in primary school? Like no one says (laughs) that anymore. But that's how I introduce them. I say, oh, my best friend. So the common theme with my best friends, yeah, they they love people. When you sit down and talk to them, you're their main focus. They just love to see what you're interested in. Because when that person's eyes light up and they talk about something that they're fascinated about, Mm -hmm. you know, I find that amazingly interesting. My friends find that. My best friends find that really interesting as well. So their love for people mm-hmm. is what I love about my closest friends. And what I really value about my friends is that they're there not only for the good times, but also for the bad times as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they show parts of yourself that you're uncomfortable to show to superficial friends because they know who you are. Yeah. You don't need to pretend to be someone else in front of them, Mm -hmm. right? You don't need to put any masks, they see your flaws. And something that I've implemented recently with my close friends, every Monday we come together and we sit around Mm -hmm. the fire pit, or we play board games and we have talk. I ask them, is there anything that I do that I may not know that rubs you the wrong way or may rub people the wrong way? And then they will tell me, oh, you know, I think sometimes you can be a bit passive aggressive over text. And so I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. And then I can improve and reflect on myself and become a better person. And that's what my close friends allow me to do.
0: One interesting point that I really love, you say that with your best friends or close friends, you feel like yourself and you don't need to put a mask. And that's where you feel comfortable and you belong there, you know, with the people that you're comfortable. Like you, you are you not somebody else and they love you because you're you not pretending to be someone else and in friendship anyone might do some silly things but that silly things makes you special you know like i might do some kind of like silly jokes with my friends sometimes but if i go away from them they might miss that type of silly jokes you know because that's part of me that makes me me you know and everyone is special in their own ways so yeah it's important to be yourself and not putting a mask like being real yourself and with the people that really accept you as being yourself they are like the really good people that you should be with yeah thank you for bringing up this topic and uh, it really helped me also a lot so speaking of your careers and everything where do you see yourself in a few years from now like your future career and future life how old are you right now Twenty-five, twenty, twenty-six. Okay, wow. And uh, where do you
1: see yourself while you are thirty years old? It's a good question. So, to give you a bit of context. I always had difficulty living in the future or imagining where I'd be. I describe myself as a puppy, <laughs> and I would just live in the moment. You know, if you throw a ball, I'll go and chase it. Right, I don't think very far into the future. But through reflection and thinking about where I want to go. I thought about the skills that I want to develop and the dream version of myself and the dream person I want to be. And at the moment, it's still not a clear picture, Mm -hmm. but a rough idea of where I want to be is that I want to develop my skills as a mental health nurse to provide counseling when counseling is appropriate and to increase my toolbox of skills that I can implement during certain times with patients. Another avenue that I want to improve on is my speaking skills. And I think attending these podcasts with you has been amazing in terms of practicing my speaking, because I think I do have a message to share. Maybe it's in terms of advocating for mental health or sharing the knowledge about developing oneself and finding peace and happiness, just in the small things, right? a lot of Today, society. We see in social media, people comparing themselves, seeing the money and the glamour. Sometimes when we chase these things, they're not great things to be pursuing. And I don't want someone to be spending 20 years of their lives, 30 years of their lives chasing these things. And once getting these things, they are not happy or fulfilled. So I think in five years time, I would love to improve my speaking skills, To be able to share my message more with people and make more connections with amazing people like yourself and the team here at mrc thank you so much man hopefully we'll be having a lot of more
0: collaborations together as you said you have your own podcast but when i come to your podcast just the roles will be switched you know you'll be the interviewer i'll be the interviewee so yeah hopefully we'll go on and have uh, more conversations together. Yeah, that sounds great. Looking really forward to that. Yeah, yeah looking forward to it. Sounds like a really interesting guy. And I would love
1: to interview you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Just yeah. switch roles. <laughs> let's just switch it for a while. So let me feel, how does it feel to be the interviewee? So let's just switch it for a while. Great. Now, you've been doing a
1: really good job. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. My question for you, what is something that you've seen in Australia yeah. coming from... You know, Afghanistan, yeah. that has been such a stark difference that you've been surprised about. First of all, a really good question. If you compare Afghanistan
0: and Australia, there's like a lot of differences. A lot of things that are good back there, but are not good in here. But a lot of things that are good in here, not good in there. So like both of them, they have good and bad things. So it's the first thing is that living a safe life, that's the biggest reason I'm here. I'm being safe, living safely, you know, not worrying about anything that, like literally, like there are lots of reasons people go out of countries uh, like Afghanistan and a lot more countries, but the main reason is safety. And the other reason uh, that I really like about Australia is that there are lots of opportunities to grow And everywhere you see there's opportunity to help you become a successful person and grow as a person. But you have to grab those opportunities and not take it as granted, but you have to take them, take them and work hard on it and use them in a proper way and in a positive way, you know? Yeah. And always try to give back to the community also. Try to be a better person in the community and not just take, but also give. I'm doing a voluntary job with the same same podcast being a host. So I'm just trying to give back to the community and be
1: a motivated person and also motivate other young people also. Yeah, that's amazing. And something that you mentioned that was really fascinating is that I think you come from a very unique position because you see a different culture and you came from a different culture and you can bring all those positives Mm -hmm. and put it into a culture that sometimes people don't see right and you have gone through you know a lot of struggles and your optimism and positivity is still there and it's it's amazing to see and when you see your hometown like Afghanistan Mm -hmm. you get to appreciate what Australia has to offer as you said the safety the opportunities you come here with a hunger because you see all these opportunities coming at you and you want to take it, everything that you can, and you want to give back. And that is such a unique point of view Mm -hmm. because people who have been raised in Australia, just generalizing, and I can only speak for myself, sometimes we take for granted the opportunities that we have and we don't give as much as we can and we don't do as much as we can because we didn't come from that adversity that you went through. And now that you see all these opportunities, it's amazing that you're putting your foot forward and you're helping the community, helping yourself and motivating yourself to be a better person. And it's going to make massive waves and a massive impact. And i love to see your career and your trajectory in life.
0: Oh, thanks, man. There's one quote that I really love is that every blissful moment in your life comes after the toughest moments in your life. So as I say that before coming to Australia, I was in Indonesia for three and a half years almost, like as a refugee, I was living there as a refugee. So we were not allowed to go to school or to study, you know, because we were refugees, not a citizen of Indonesia or anything. But coming to here, I'm having the chance to go to school, although I'm over 18 right now, but I got the chance to go to a senior college and finish year 12 and right now i'm finishing my year 12 and giving my hse exams i just finished my trials so waiting for the hse to come but yeah i I take it like uh, as a real blessing like god has given to me and uh, i really appreciate it as i said all the blissful moments of life come after
1: the toughest moments of life yes i totally agree with that and you mentioned before that even though you come with so many barriers in your life, like English isn't your first language, and you have to sit down for two hours more than your colleagues would, but these things, these challenges, they're developing your character and you're becoming a better person and these skills will take you so much further in life. Hopefully, hopefully.
0: Just working hard on it
1: and hopefully like better future is waiting. That's amazing. I do have one more question for you before I reverse it back (laughs) and you can be the host. No problem. What is something interesting about your culture Uh that maybe Australian people may not know about?
0: Ah, I don't know if uh, other cultures know about that thing that I would want to say. That's in our culture is the hospitality. Afghans are known for their hospitality. Like if we get a guest, oh, we got (laughs) to welcome them in the best way possible and make the food like... (laughs) Like, uh, you got to spend like hours on making the food and everything, <laughs> prepare everything, you know. So they remembered that time of being in the house. So yeah, hospitality in the African culture.
1: It's funny you say that, Mahmood. One of my closest friends, one of my best friends is yeah. from Afghanistan. And she had her birthday a few weekends ago. Okay. I came to her house. It was a, just a very intimate family and close friends. So it was only about eight people in yeah. total. But her mother had organized a massive catering. <laughs> there was like mantu, which is like a dumpling, wow, you know, right? Mantu. Yeah, man, I love it. My, <laughs> my girlfriend can't stop talking about m- mantu, which is like a dumpling yeah, version, exactly, isn't exactly. it? Yes. And so there was food everywhere. There was like platters of rice, meat, and there was cheese boards. And it was just fantastic. It was such a lovely experience. Like, I really feel like a part of the family when I go to her mother's house, mm-hmm. and we get to share food. Because we sit around the table and we just share moments while eating amazing food. And thank you for sharing that. That's like a a beautiful thing about the Afghan culture. The
0: second thing is that as you brought up the meals and everything, that we always, if we eat, everyone has to be there, you know? Yeah, everyone has to be around the table. Back there in Afghanistan, we don't eat on the table. We normally sit on the ground, but yeah. So everyone has to be there for the meal. Like if it's lunch or breakfast or dinner. Yeah, so everyone has to be present which makes it more intimate and uh, you feel like you're living in the family. Yes,
1: yes. And it's a practice that Vietnamese culture do as well. Whenever we have meal times, we sit around and eat with each other. And we use small bowls and chopsticks yeah. and we sit around this other plates of food and we have to pick it out and, you know, we share food around <laughs> and we talk. And that's just something that a practice that we continue <laughs> until this day. You know, me and mum, she'll wait for me to come home from work and we we'll would eat together.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like if you see in every culture... There are really beautiful things that you can learn from each other's cultures. You know, I learned a lot of things from you about the Vietnamese culture and uh, that we can relate to it. Like we, we're almost like all of all the cultures have similarities. You know, every culture is so beautiful. If I phrase it in another way is that any culture is represented like a flower. Every culture has their own beauties and their own colors. So we have to love and keep all the cultures alive because we all are living like flowers in a flower garden. And this world is the flower garden. Yeah. We're all same, same, but different. Right? Yeah. Same, yeah. same, but different. <laughs> Let me ask this question that
1: what does this mean to you? Our podcast of same, same, but different. That's a good question. I feel like people, we're all the same, Like right? We yeah. all have emotions. We all go through similar struggles and... It's sad to see sometimes that we go through a lot of similar struggles. Sometimes it's bad things. Maybe we're going through sad times. And it's hard that we don't share these times because we think that we're going through it alone. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people go through these feelings of sadness, hard times. And if we only shared our story and talked to someone, that you might find out that they're going through something similar or they've been through something similar. So we're all same, same. But, you know, we're, we're different. We're all unique. You have a personality that it's not exactly the same as mine. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't expect it to be because we will create a world together that's going to be amazing rather than if they're all yeah. the people are, are like me. The world will be
0: boring if everyone is the same. We need different people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But loving each other. Yes. Yeah, and accepting <laughs> it. Yeah, well, uh, John, thank you so much for coming today and sharing your stories with us and I'm sure that your stories will help and motivate a lot of other people in their lives. Also help them get over their struggles or problems if they have, if they can relate to your story. And yeah, thank you so much again for coming here, taking the time. Really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. It's been a really memorable and pleasurable time. Yeah. So John, just asking you about the last thing. You speak Vietnamese, right? And yes. would you like to say a last statement to motivate your Vietnamese fellows Just say it in your own
1: language? I think I will say the podcast name, same, same, different in mm-hmm. Vietnamese. Wow. <laughs> Can you repeat it? Let me try it. Let me try to say it. Mình là nhau. Mình
0: là nhau. Mà Mà that was good. That <laughs> was very good. Good on yeah. you. What would you like to say in your language? I speak Dari, and I would just translate the quote that I say that all the blissful moments in your life come after the toughest moments in your life. So yeah, The Ida the Yodoshawoske Badazu Behtarin Lazahomast. Tashakur. Yeah, Tashakur means thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. To find out more, visit wsmrc.org.au forward slash SAME. Hey Hashi, did you know that this podcast is actually funded by the Multicultural New South Wales? No, I did not know. But yeah. did you know? I that- just found out. <laughs> <laughs> did you also know that Audio Technica has funded much of this
1: podcast as well? No, I did not. Thank you so much for
0: letting me know. Yes, and thank you, Audio Technica and Multicultural New South Wales, for helping us bring the stories of the West and Sydney to the world.